Hey beautiful teachers, I'm Nicola Canton from Vibrant Music Teaching. Welcome to the show that's about you. This podcast gives you a sneak peek into the lives and businesses of private music studio teachers so that you can share in their successes, learn from their mistakes and feel part of a global community that's dedicated to sharing music with others. In this episode, we're going to visit Ashmitha Jasper in Delhi, India. Ashmitha took a break from teaching to go get a real job before coming back to where she should have been all along. It's clear that she puts a lot of attention into how she teaches and no spoilers, but I know you'll love the story of her traveling student. Let's listen in. Thank you so much for joining me, Ashmitha. Um, first of all, just to get to know you a little bit better, we like to play a little game, Two Truths and a Lie. So can you tell me two things that are not true about yourself and one thing that is true? And I'll t- try to guess which one is which. Okay, great. Um, I love to dance. Um, I listen to a lot of heavy metal music in my spare time. And I had a beach wedding, which was blown off by a storm. Okay. Love to dance, heavy metal music, beach wedding, which was called off due to a storm. I, I'm going to say the beach wedding. Well, I just, I don't think someone would make that up about themselves because it's such a horrible thing to happen. So did you get to reschedule it or? No, we kind of moved indoors. I hadn't walked out just yet, but uh, my husband got drenched. The guests, part, oh, no. the guests were all drenched. Then we moved indoors and then the bridesmaids and the bride, we were, we were dry. Oh, that's good. That's and it's good that you hadn't gone out yet. So your beautiful dress, whatever you were wearing was fine. Okay, fantastic. So that's a bit about you or something about your life outside of teaching. But now we'd like to get to know you as a teacher a little bit more. So I want you to imagine that you've been given some free advertising space. And it's going to have a picture on it. They've already decided that. It's also already going to have your studio information right there. So the only thing you not need to add or get to add is three words. What three words would you choose? So I was thinking our notes for life. And uh, life. I mean, I, I don't run a studio as yet, but eventually when I do, I would love to call my studio notes for life and it's not just the emphasis of reading music but also what you take away from it Mm -hmm. at the end of every lesson yeah that it's like enriching the rest of your life not just not just that's beautiful so tell me what was your own musical upbringing like did you take lessons from a young age what were what were the lessons like so um I think uh I've I can't re- recollect the first song I heard, but uh, I'm pretty sure my dad had music playing all the time, uh, right from Beatles to, uh, I think maybe the first piano music we probably had playing was Richard Clayderman at home, no Western classical as such. But uh, Tom and Jerry is what I remember first. His first, I think the first episode was probably the Hungarian Rhapsody, the second one uh, of list. And uh, I think ever since then, my mom probably decided to put me in music lessons. So the day I turned six, she said, okay, let's find you a teacher. And she threw me in a lot of classes, but there was one, I think there were four teachers that I had in my life and uh, they 
all of them had like a huge role. So my very first teacher, she made me love the instrument. And uh, secretly, I'm a dog lover. So she had a lot of dogs at home. So I probably enjoyed it a lot more going for the dogs and then sitting at the instrument and learning. And uh, so I learned with her for about five, six years. And then I moved on to another teacher who was uh, quite different from her. She was quite strict, very disciplined. Uh, but I finished up, up to my diploma level with her. And uh, then I moved city. Then I came, I was in Chennai, then I moved to Delhi. And here I had another teacher who, I mean, he, he was more of a mentor for me and he made me love teaching as such. So he was more for my, he was like a teaching guide, plus my playing improved drastically with him. And then I had another mentor who also helped me with a lot of my technical abilities. Mm -hmm. So they all played like a huge role. Yes. Well, it sounds like a fantastic progression, especially you, if you yes. started with that teacher who really just nurtured your enthusiasm, even if it was through dogs, right? <laughs> that love. No, I'm pretty sure. I think I was, I was more interested in the dogs at the beginning because she always had puppies running around. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, who wouldn't be? That's a great draw <laughs> to piano lessons. So tell me, from the beginning, did you practice a lot? Were you a good student or were you sometimes not the best? So uh, first two years, I didn't have an instrument at home. So I would actually go to my teacher's house twice a week, which was like a bonus, uh, you know, play with dogs, practice more at her place, I guess. And then uh, as, I think for as long as I was with her, I did practice a fair bit at home after I got my instrument. Then uh, when I went on to my second teacher, there was, I think, a bit of understanding her way of playing. It took me a, a long time. So I think I was a bit rebellious on that front. So didn't practice much. And there was lots of yelling back and forth. But uh, I would practice. But then there was a stage when I really did practice. I would wake up at 4 a.m. just to be able to get in about two, three hours in the morning before I went to school so that I could get, you know, get a solid amount of work done. Oh, but wow. I, I did, I mean, that was for about three, four months, not yeah. too much. But still, it was dedication. Yeah. What yeah. what age was that around? Do you remember? What age were you when you were getting uh, in fairly? Maybe about 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good time for a little obsession, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My neighbors weren't too happy then, but. Absolutely. Yeah. And then was there anything in your lessons growing up that you wish had been included that wasn't? Any aspects of playing? You know, uh, after following you, I must say I wish there were more games. I wish there were games, not more games. Mm -hmm. I really, really wish there were games because I think when I started teaching, I realized that a lot of uh, basic concepts that you'd learned when you were younger, you just took it for granted that, okay, when you see a time signature out there, you say, oh yeah, I know what a time signature is. But when you had to explain it to a student, then you're thinking twice of, oh, wait, what did that mean again? So I felt that if these were done in the form of games, I would have remembered it better, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you're passing that on to your students now, right? So definitely, we learned something yep. from it. <laughs> yeah. So when and how did you get into teaching yourself? Uh, so this was in and around when I'd finished uh, my grade eight, I think. Uh, so because my neighbor would hear me practice often. So she walked in and said, you know, 
can you please teach my son? So I said, okay. And then we started with once a week lessons and uh, we carried on for a while. But then I went into college, then we stopped. And then I had other corporate jobs that I had in the middle. And then after I got married, then my husband's like, what are you doing? You know, do what you love. <laughs> and I said, okay. So then I got into teaching full time. Oh, that's wonderful that he encouraged you to get back to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, it was a good uh, 10 years, actually, after I finished my diploma exam, uh, then I'd started teaching again. Mm -hmm. Amazing. A lot of people go through that kind of break and then returning to it. I said yeah. we did a shorter break, but the same kind of pattern of yeah. when you're younger and then college gets in the way and then you find your absolutely. way back. Yeah, true. yeah. absolutely. So can you tell me about a time that a student changed something about the way you teach or the way you run your business or other aspects of your lessons? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I have two students actually in mind for this. So there was this uh, one uh, particular student uh, I had, she was uh, visually challenged. So this was about seven years ago, maybe uh, when she joined. So she, uh, I mean, the, I work for a music school here. So the principal of the school had asked me, are you up to take her on? So I said, sure. And my enthusiasm, I said, yeah, of course, I've never taught a person like that before, but I'd love to. Uh, so then I went back upstairs and I started teaching. And as I was teaching that another student at that time, every third sentence was like, can you see that note out there? Do you see that marking up there? And I realized how visual and how everything was about the reading and not there wasn't too much about the oral and the oral always came in just before an exam or you know only when it was needed it was never part of my teaching style so after she came in that's when I started introducing a lot of your training so to say with a lot of my other students and uh, so that was one of uh, one student that influenced my teaching a lot. And then the second student is this uh, boy who used to travel like six hours one way to just reach the school for a 40-minute lesson. And and then he would go back. So it's about 12 hours journey just to take that 40-minute class. Oh it, it was crazy. He did it for about a good six years. And, uh, you know, there would be times he would catch his train to come and then in winter, there would be so much fog. So halfway through, he would come. He would not make it on time for the lesson. So you would send me a text saying, I'm so sorry. The train, is, the train is really delayed, so I'm heading back home. So just to watch him come that distance, you know, it, it was amazing. And that really it motivated me as a teacher a lot to change in terms of going planned for my lessons mm -hmm. a lot better. Yeah, you see the investment the student is putting in and so yeah. it makes you realize, Absolutely. okay, I better yeah. match this. I want to <laughs> not worth complain it. about street traffic while going to a book, which just takes about <laughs> half. Yeah. yeah. Was it just that he didn't have a teacher nearby that, that would work for him? Um, so in his city, yeah. They, he didn't have a teacher who, would, who taught Western classical, which mm -hmm. was what he wanted to learn. Yeah. So, and... And then when online came in, uh, sadly, he still preferred face-to-face. -face. So he's taking Gosh. a break and he wants to come back. <laughs> wow. 
That's so interesting <laughs> that he wasn't like, Eureka, I don't have to travel six hours on a train. Oh my gosh. So those are wonderful stories. Thank you for sharing those. Can you think of the biggest teaching mistake that you've made in, in your teaching so far? Anything that stands out to you? So I think when I first started, I mean, I'm completing nine years. I've completed about nine and a half years now of teaching here. Uh, so when I first started, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made was I was never assertive enough as a teacher. So because of that, I felt like a lot of parents, uh, whatever they wished for, I would just cave into it and say, okay, you want your child to do an exam? Okay, sure, let the child do an exam. Even though I knew the child was not really ready for that level. And uh, so I felt I lacked a lot of communication back then of repeatedly educating the parent what was needed. So I feel I've come a long way from back then. Mm -hmm. So that I felt was definitely one of my biggest mistakes. I tend to make that occasionally now and then, but I keep, keep a check and I say, no, don't give in. Yeah, there are those things that we need to learn over and over and over yeah. again, aren't there? Right. So aside from that, then, if you could turn back time and, and talk to your early teaching self, your, yourself in your first year of teaching, is there anything else you would want to tell that new teacher? Oh, I would, I would, I think I would go back to the same thing. And I would also say, repeat your concepts way more often to your students. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, there've been a couple of shockers because in the beginning when you'd explain a couple of concepts and then you put the same kind of pieces in front of them, or let's say, you know, you've got that two or four time signature or any time signature piece, they're very fluent with it. But after three, four years, you suddenly check in to see, hey, do you know what that means? And then you see that blink and then I'm in shock sitting right, right next to them. I'm like, are you sure? But you played so many before. How did you not know? Mm. So but you just I get the deer so. in the headlights. Oh, yes. And so that constant repetition, I, I definitely feel is, uh, is needed. Yeah, it's something so simple, but so easy to neglect yeah. for many teachers. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And we hear, because everyone learns, I mean, they learn the instrument as a hobby. It's not their main uh, stream. So, and it's once a week and 40 minutes is really less so that they come in and then they miss a lot of lessons. So it's, it's a battle to make sure these things stay in the head. But of course, with the help of your games and really fingers crossed, a lot of people are enjoying it already. I must. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Is there anything you feel that people outside of our industry, perhaps locally where you are, misunderstand about the way our industry works or what teaching even is? Um, so I feel uh, one of the things that definitely they, uh, especially parents, tend to misunderstand a lot is uh, they think I'm available on call always, <laughs> you know? So I get texts at 10 in the night, 11 in the night saying, you know, my daughter has this competition tomorrow. Can she take part in it? You know, can she play this song? Or uh, like, for instance, I'm, I'm, my holidays have started from tomorrow. So this parent has signed up a child for a competition. Oh, can I send you the video recording? Can you review it during the holiday? <laughs> so for some, I, I feel they look at music as a hobby. So they mm -hmm. think that, Oh, you're just doing this in your spare time anyway. 
<laughs> so they don't look at it like a profession. Yeah. So just because it's a hobby for them doesn't mean it's a hobby. Parents are just yeah. a couple of them. So a lot of them do respect my time and value it, I must say. Well, that's good to hear. So finally then, I want you to imagine a teacher out there who maybe hasn't found their community yet and they're feeling a little bit uncertain, not sure of how they're teaching or not sure of how they're running their business or some other aspect of what we do. What advice would you give them? What would you tell them to do? I would say get right down to it. (laughs) I would say just give it a go because I feel at the end of the day, um, when it comes to teaching, uh, you learn more through experience than theoretically. You, the mistakes I've made in the past, I know have taught me a lot to who I am as a teacher today. So you learn, I mean, I, I'm so happy I came across your material and other material that I keep coming across. I just keep adding it to the repertoire, to what I'm doing. And I think it just get, keeps getting better and better. So I would say don't wait, but just to go ahead and start if you're passionate about it. Yeah, start and try new things. Don't be afraid of them. Yeah, don't be afraid of them. But definitely have a plan in mind, though. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. This has been wonderful. Really interesting to hear about your story and great advice for new teachers. So thank you for joining us. Not at all, Nicola. Nice talking to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Do you love this show? Then please share your favorite episode with a teacher friend who you think might enjoy it and benefit from it. If you resonated with today's story, then the Vibrant Music Teaching membership is probably a good fit for you too. Find out more at vibrantmusicteaching.com.